Maloni, hello Oketa, I'm Tale Anderson. Welcome to Champions of the Pacific, where sport and the islands come together. Ali'i, I'm Vinnie Wiley. Today we have liftoff. After COVID forced its closure, the Oceania Weightlifting Institute is back in business and back where it all began. And we speak to a rugby league trailblazer tackling gender stereotypes in Papua New Guinea. The Oceania Weightlifting Institute is used to a bit of upheaval on the gym floor, but even the biggest muscles in the Pacific couldn't stop COVID-19. The regional centre was established in Fiji in 2002 by Paul and Lily Koffer before moving to Samoa and eventually to New Caledonia, where it trained Pacific, Oceania and Commonwealth champions for the best part of 12 years. Last year it was forced to shut up shop in Numea when the pandemic took hold, but after a year of uncertainty there is some good news. The institute reopened in February at its new home at Dramana, 75 kilometres south of the Melbourne CBD. I caught up with co-founder Lily Koffer and star student Eileen Thikamatana during a brief break from training to find out how it's all going and what's happening in the countdown to Tokyo and beyond. We've been out in the Pacific for 26 years and in that period of time, of course, we'd gone to a, a number of countries and New Caledonia was our, our last base and we had been there for oh, almost 12 years in Namia. So for us, yes, it is an absolute sea change. We went from very warm weather and a lot of accomplishment to very cold weather at the moment. We started off in Melbourne. Of course, we left from Melbourne and we've come back to Melbourne. You had about 14 lifters with you in Namia before everything sort of started to close up. Yes, that's exactly right. And they had to, they all needed to be um, repatriated to their own home countries. Now what we do, and it's not the best scenario, of course, is to coach via either online or well, from a distance because nothing beats the face-to-face in the gym sort of scenario, but it's the only way for the moment that we can do this. So is Eileen the only, she's obviously representing Australia now, but is she the only Pacific lifter that's able to be with you in person? Well, yeah. I mean, Eileen's an Australian lifter uh, now. And of course, we, you know, we've had other Australian lifters come through to actually train with Eileen together. Has Australia been supportive in terms of resetting up the Institute in Australia? Institute has been going in Dramana. So we're down on the Mornington Peninsula in Victoria, not far from the beach. So we're trying yeah. to, to replicate that nice beachy feel. <laughs> um, but of course, it's a little bit colder down here. So it has been up and running since February and that's why we've had like a few of the Australian lifters come down and through and train with Eileen. But so far because of the border closures, which is something which is completely out of our control, as everybody understands, we haven't had any of the Pacific lifters who were with us prior to the Institute closing down in New Caledonia So how many lifters are you trying to train virtually? Ah, so, okay. So we've got the Solomon Island lifters that were with us. We've got the Papua New Guineans, a couple of the Nauruan lifters, the Kiribati lifters. Yeah, it's a bit difficult. You know, and in some of these countries also, the the bandwidth is not fantastic. So if you're trying to watch them online, Mm -hmm. pictures go static, don't they? they? So, you know, they're they're stuck. They're stuck in the middle of a jerk and it's like, hello, hello. So, yeah, it's not fantastic. And what's it like for you, Eileen? Because you obviously are in Australia now. This is your home now. Uh, you get Paul face-to-face and, and our, um, as you say, a lot of the people you used to train alongside aren't with you. Is it, is it weird? 
No, it's not weird. I'm, I feel like I'm the luckiest person to have the best coach coaching me every single day, coming into the gym and watching me train. And it's an honor. You have the best coach sitting right in front of you and watching you train and coaching you as well, which is the best thing you could have ever asked for. And of course, Vinny, she, she trains twice a day, six days a week. She's allowed to have Sunday off, you know, to do the washing, I guess. <laughs> but, you know, she keeps in contact with the athletes that, yeah. you know, that were her training partners. And how active in terms of competitions have you been able to be since COVID? Well, I had two in March. I had one in um, Sydney last <coughs> year, in November. And then I came down in December, had the online competition for the Oceania Weightlifting Federation. And then I had competed as a guest for the um, Christmas heat out for the Phoenix Weightlifting Club here in Melbourne. And then I had the Control Chaos Classic in Coburg. And then a week later, I had the Nationals, the under-20, under-23 junior championship. As far as face-to-face competitions, I guess because we're fortunate, we're in a little bit of a bubble, um, thankfully, here, um, that she's able to physically compete in front of referees like the normal competition, you know, the proper way in, the proper referees. So she is fortunate, which is not quite the same for some of the other lifters no, 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 no. out in the Pacific. And Eileen, you've obviously, you know, obviously your qualification option was always complicated because you missed out on that first of the three periods. But you've always said that, you know, this was you in it for the long haul, that if it wasn't 2020 or 2021, it would be 2024. Is that pretty much where you're at now? Is Tokyo, is there any chance of Tokyo now? Or are you more towards Birmingham? and and more towards the long-term target because, you know, if I miss this 2020, there's another one coming up in 2024. It's not like it's the end of the world. And plus, I've got a lot of more opportunities. I've got World Championships, Commonwealth Games, and I've got other games to look at rather than looking at just one competition. I mean, I see this coming. So what I did, I was looking at long-term target. I wasn't looking at the short-term So that motivation for you to get into that gym twice a day when not having to do the washing on a Sunday, that's, that's easy. <laughs> That's easy for you to get up. You're still motivated that? Yeah. Well, I'm still motivated to train because this is what I'm here for. Like, I'm here for a purpose. I'm here here to train and and improve and to make the country proud because they accepted me and gave me another chance to sign. So that's the only thing I can give back to to make them proud and win more medals for them break world records. How has that reception been for you to to become an Australian citizen, to represent Australia, to wear the green and gold? It means the world to me because it's a rare opportunity to get a um, an Australian citizen. I mean, getting this Australian citizenship is something big and it gave me a brighter future to look at a brighter future because I know that in Australia I'll get a brighter future in order to to get my, my life going. Vinny, she's very, she's very popular amongst the Australian lifters, of course, because she will never say it herself, but she's a very, <laughs> she's a very giving lifter. You know, she's humble. She won't tell you exactly how good she is or what she's capable of, but she's a very giving lifter in the sense that very supportive. If you're a training partner or you're just training the gym with her and you're trying to do a big lift, she'll actually stop for you and and encourage you. And, you know, she's been very well accepted. So it doesn't matter where she goes, whether it happens to be in Sydney or she's down here at the uh, Institute Gym in Dramana or whether she's gone to the Australian Institute of Sport, no matter where it is, people are always asking about her. When is she returning? Having seen so many lifters come through your doors over the last, as you say, 26, 27 years, um, where does this one compare? <laughs> She's listening. <laughs> <laughs> She's good. She's more than good. Look, do you know, sometimes in, in our sport, 
you know, when they talk about, you know, athletes being one in a generation or one in a lifetime, um, Eileen's definitely that. You know, for me, it's fantastic that she's also a female athlete. Um, And she's a female athlete that is, you know, lighting the pathway for that next generation of female lifters to come through. You know, she's good. She's a one in a generation that's that's come through. And I hope the next generation, there'll be another Eileen from our region. We do have some extraordinarily talented uh, lifters right throughout. And because, you know, like I said before, we were in the Pacific for 26 years. So the talent that's in the Pacific is just absolutely phenomenal. And some good news, Tale. Some of that Pacific talent are Dikatoa and Maria Baru, who are the Papua New Guinean lifters, champion lifters at that, at Commonwealth and Pacific Games level. Um, they have received their, the go-ahead from the Australian government to go to Melbourne and begin training in person at that Oceania Institute finally. Oh, it's very exciting for them. I'm sure they're uh, really pumped to get back in the gym and to be doing some training in person. Papua New Guinea is the only country in the world where rugby league is the national sport. A national obsession, really. Yet it wasn't too long ago when the women's side were booed from their own sidelines, fighting a constant battle to gain support from their own. Elsie Albert is a rugby league trailblazer tackling gender stereotypes back home after packing up and moving to Australia to chase an NRL dream. The 24-year-old emerged as one of the best in the women's game when she played for the St George Illawarra Dragons. And now the Orchids captain is excited to see that the perceptions of women playing rugby league is changing. You know, every kid, like every kid in PNG, uh, it doesn't matter if you're a female or a male, everyone was in the NRL. And, you know, as PNG declared that rugby league is a national sport, you know, everyone would love to play out there. And for me to be the first person, you know, coming out of grassroots league in PNG and getting into Australia and to pull on the jumper, it's really special. I didn't think I'd have that opportunity to play. I just take things as it is, like playing one game at a time and, improving on my games and then once I made Orchids oh, this is it I have to go a further step and that's NRLW I thought to myself at that time when I made my debut for the Orchids and then from there I just started working hard and improving on my games where I need improvement and then yeah it happened. <laughs> Knowing that you kind of like you've smashed the glass ceiling for young women and girls growing up, have you seen kind of a change where, you know, there is a chance, there is this dream, we, there is a possibility to play at this level? Have you seen kind of more of that in PNG? Definitely, definitely. Like I came here before the lockdown and to see the number of girls involved in rugby league as soon as I came back, like they, they, were, they had a grand final, the girls... Uh, teams in PNG so I had to go and watch the games so I went there and you know there's a lot of talent like there's a lot of girls wanting to play and when I went in there like they they actually knew who I am so like everyone all the girls came over they wanted to take selfies and you know that in itself shows that more more girls want to have that opportunity to come down and play in Australia but yeah we just have to work hard to create a pathway for them to get down to Australia.
that will be the major issue for us. What does it feel like um, for you to be kind of this role model and for these young girls to recognize you? You know, I, I never thought I'd be a role model or something like that for the girls, but playing at that level, it's sort of like naturally put that um, thing in you that you wanted to be that role model that the girls are looking up to. So that in itself, like it changed the way I think of myself. Now that I know that like all the girls are looking at me as their role model, like I'm, yeah, it changed some things that I normally do. I, I'll just like carry myself in a way that uh, I present myself as a role model. Have the attitudes or the idea of women playing rugby league, you know, from when you first started, because I remember when we first had a chat, when you first started playing, you know, you had people throwing bottles on the field at you girls and to now, has there been a change in perception of or acceptance for women to play rugby league? Yes, definitely, definitely. Like, it's really a proud moment for the sport in general as, you know, PNG women taking part in that sport because it has changed a lot of uh, mindset and perspective from the male's point of view. And now that, you know, they see that I'm, I'm going and then playing in the NRLW and then they see the girls that are coming behind, like they, they have this pathway now to get down there. So it changed the mindset of how people think because before people just say, oh, you're wasting your time. You know, you're not going anywhere. So just, and 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 it's a male, male sport thing. So you don't have to play that game. But now that they see that there's, an, uh, there's a pathway for girls to further the career or in, in this sport and to go down and live in Australia and play, like more girls are taking part and it really is changing the mindset because now when you go to wherever a girls tournament, you'll see a lot of men folks standing there supporting the girls. Some of them even, you know, run water for the girls in the field. And yeah, it's, it's really exciting. And it's really exciting to see that, you know, now the men or the community is supporting the female, females that are taking part in this sport. This beautiful game changes the mindset and the perspective of how people think towards the woman. What's the situation for the Orchids at the moment? Because you're obviously home and um, COVID-19 is affecting the country. Yeah, at the moment, like, we don't have any games or we don't have anything going on for the ladies. But hopefully we get to play soon when the ban and everything is lifted. Like, we have this um, the Intercity Cup. That's like the men's uh, A-grade team in PNG. So they're going to have the women folks play alongside the finals when they reach the finals the women are going to play alongside them and then they're going to do selections for orchids at that time it was great to uh, talk to Elsie um, who's back at PNG at the moment and she's actually trying to get back to Australia to um, get another crack at the NRLW this year yeah, well, it's a very big year for rugby league. Hopefully, COVID willing, isn't it, Tale? With uh, a World Cup later this year as well for the Orchids. So, for all the success and progress they've made, uh, I'm sure they'd love to cause a bit of a stir up in the UK as well. If you want to hear more from Champions of the Pacific, you can find us online at rnz.co.nz and click on the Pacific tab, or we broadcast into the region on RNZ Pacific and RNZ National. You can also download us from Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you find your favourite podcasts, so be sure to tune in next week. Until then, look at you. Ka kite.